Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks and one of the popular hosts on Shark Tank, paid a visit to the Detroit Regional Chamber's Mackinac Policy Conference at Grant Hotel. Mark saw the WJR banners, stopped by the WJR broadcast site, and ended up having a great conversation with Guy Gordon. You never know who you're going to see on the porch at Mackinac Island. Sitting across the table from me, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, of course, the host on Shark Tank, an entrepreneur, a visionary, Mark Cuban, who is here at the Grand Hotel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you here. Give me the, the, the message that you're sending to this is a very entrepreneurial audience you're talking about. You've also probably noticed it's very diverse in, in yep. terms of people of color and women. Yep. What's the message of the day? Well, first, let me start. The only reason you know who I am and that I'm here is because about 25 years ago, WJR was one of the very first stations to stream online. You were the first in Michigan by far and literally one of the first 25 um, AM stations to stream. When broadcast... Um, we started actually at, uh, as AudioNet back in okay. 1995, and so you guys literally helped me get my start. I was I was in TV then, but I was cheering from the sidelines <laughs> because WJR has so been that's why I came such an iconic place. Well, that's interesting. That's why I'm here because I owe you guys a favor. See, you guys helped me get started. Well, we appreciate that, and, and it's, so do it's, I. it's 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 nice to it's it's nice to have that connection. When when you look at Michigan, look at it at a critical eye as if we were a contestant on Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. What do you see? What do we need to do better? Honestly, I, I'm not as in tune as I need to be to make a good judgment. I'd be asking you a lot of questions. Um, you know, like at any state, there's strengths and weaknesses, whether, you know, living in Texas, growing up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it's just you got to play to your strengths. I think, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, it was steel mills. That's all anybody knew mm -hmm. about them. And then the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center created a whole new industry there, and it really changed the whole city. And I think the state of Detroit went from, or still is automotive, but obviously it's evolved considerably. But you look at it now, and I think people realize that Michigan is a very entrepreneurial state, that um, the whole mortgage industry basically has grown up here and, and taken over um, and the biggest and best in the country. Um, We've watched capital go to mortgages. Uh -huh. We haven't seen capital go to, to venture capital and VC funds. Yeah. How do we do that better, or what's the secret sauce there to make that you know, more it, vibrant? There's really not a secret sauce. I mean, entrepreneurs are just entrepreneurs, you know. And but they, they need capital. You can't starve them. Yeah, but I, I'm not. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, I think the big, the best companies that I've known in in the 40 years I've been starting companies are the ones that start with sweat equity. I always say sweat equity is the best equity, and being able to start on your own, you know, it's not easy. You know, on Shark Tank, Damon John calls it the power of broke, knowing that if you don't do this and you fail, you got nothing. You got nothing. And that's when I started, I was living six guys in a three-bedroom apartment sleeping on the floor. And so I had no choice. Well, I got fired from a job, and if I didn't make my little computer companies work, I'd, be sleep I'd still be sleeping on the floor. Yeah. And so I think we, what's, the mistake I think a lot of entrepreneurs make is thinking that after the idea, after the start, they need to go raise money. And that, I, I don't like that and don't ever agree with it. Like when people pitch me okay. and they start with an idea and then they said, I need to raise funding, I just immediately shut them out. Because if you've got something that you can do, go do it. You may have to start small like I did. You may need to just, you know, work a, work a job, work a side job and do or make this a side hustle till you can build a prototype or get one or two customers like I did. But polish the stone, polish proof the of concept. Stone. Yes. Get it going first because... You know, when once you have a foundation, then you'll start getting 
customers because the best source of capital is your customers. You know, your gross margin dollars. And so if I sell something to you, like my very first company, sleep on the floor, no money. Literally, when I say no money, no money. And so I went to this company and I said, look, I got nothing. I just got fired, but I know this software. And if you'll front me the $500 that I need, if it doesn't work, I'll wash your car. I'll walk your dog. You know, I'll clean up the poop. I don't care, right? But I made it work. And then that they gave me a referral to another customer and another customer. And the same thing happens today, only it's a lot easier, actually, because you can do a lot of it online. You know, I can email you. I can text you, things that we couldn't do back then. And so starting small is not a bad thing. And where people run into the catch-22 is it's like, well, I have a job, right? I can't quit my job until I raise money. That's part of it. You know, working late nights, working weekends until you can figure it out. I think there's a lot of great entrepreneurs in the state of Michigan. Um, and I think just trying to help them and support them goes a lot, lot, lot further than trying to, to go out and find more VCs. Is that the biggest mistake that budding entrepreneurs make is trying to leap too quickly into a highly capitalized position? For sure. You know, raising money is not an accomplishment. It's an obligation. If I take your money, you want that money back. Right. If I borrow from a bank, they want that money back. So you better be game ready before you take that step. Absolutely. And it, it's not fast. You know, I slept on that floor for a long-ass time. It was nasty. Um, <laughs> I can still smell it. And so you that's just the nature of being an entrepreneur. Sure, there's examples of somebody that starts big or their parents have money or whatever and they grow from there. But, you know... Just time and time again, it was somebody who started in a dorm room, you know, in their garage, you know, you know, on Shark Tank, you watch. They're there because they didn't raise money elsewhere. They're there because they, you know, we don't take companies without sales. When, when you look from the outside in, one of the things that we get, get hit with here is how polarized our politics Yeah, for is. sure. And we've had a, a, quite a dr dramatic transformation where now we have the Democrats in charge at the legislative and, and across the statewide offices mm -hmm. as well. How much does that, is that off-putting to potential investors in this state if they think that the political class isn't at least trying to pull in the same direction or not giving the other guy a win? That's universal. It's you not know? just, it's, it's, it's just not us. No, no, it's not just Michigan. By law. I live in Texas. Let me just tell you. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, your AG has had a fun week, hasn't Yeah, he? really fun week, right? Um, and so I don't, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, and I say this to all entrepreneurs out there, you've got to isolate the signal from the noise. You just got to block out all the garbage. Mm -hmm. Because when some you know, when politics are a mess, like they are locally, like they are statewide, like they are nationally, and there's so much partisanship and tribalism, everybody's playing it by the same rules. Everybody's facing the same thing. And so as long as everybody's playing by the same rules, whether it's tax rate, whatever it is, I was always all right. I can outcompete you. I'll outwork you. I'll, I'll hustle you. I'll outlearn you. Because to me, you know, when you come on Shark Tank, the qualities I look for and I think are important, I want somebody who's learning. Because business is ever changing. You've right. seen how AI now, ChatGPT, is just coming in and changing things. But you've got to be willing to learn. You've got to be agile. You've got to be willing to change. You, you know, you said Michigan went, you know, from um, red to blue, right? If it politics impacted you, you've got to be agile. And so, and you've got to be curious because there's always new things. The curiosity piece is the hardest thing because we get to a point in life where we think that we have kind of maxed ourselves out yeah. or we can rest. 
you can't rest. Ever, ever. You know, in your job, right, there's something new every, every day. day. And if you don't keep up with it, there's some, you know, young whippersnapper who thinks they know more. And so you've got to out-hustle them, right? And it, I but feel I'd rather have that pressure than being lazy and bored. Well, everybody's going to be who they are. you got to do it. It's, it's know, the fun part. Yeah, everybody's going to be who they are, yeah. you know. And if you're curious and you're learning all the time, and to me, learning how to learn is one of the greatest skills in life. And not everybody's going to have that, but that creates opportunity for you and I. You know, and so you've got to play to your strengths. And look, not you, you don't want everybody to be the same. You want everybody's got their own unique skill sets. And when you have a business, you want to be able to find the right person for the right job and match up those skill sets. Because I don't need a bunch of Mark Cubans. Trust me, no business would ever <laughs> be successful if there are a bunch of me's walking around because I'm, I have no organizational skills whatsoever. I always partner with someone who's anal, someone who's a perfectionist because I'm ready, fire, aim. Right? I'm go, 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 go. And I need somebody who's going to be there. Oh, slow down, Mark. we got to cover these bases. Right. We've got a company now, and I'll do my little pitch, cosplusdrugs.com. Right. We're changing the industry. Right. And I've got a great partner, Dr. Alice Osmiansky, who is a radiologist, but he's anal perfectionist to the T. Well, I'm like, ah, let's go cut the cost of drugs. Let's, you know, so if you go to cosplusdrugs.com, you're going to, you put in the whatever drug that you take, and if we carry it, most likely we do, you're going to see our cost, you're going to see our markup, you're going to see our shipping costs, because what's missing in all of healthcare is trust okay. and transparency, and that's exactly what we do. So, so there you are. Choose your partner to fill your weaknesses. Absolutely. Don't rush to the capital too quickly. No, you should take it. The log, look, the only way you're ever going to be a billionaire in life is if you raise as little money as possible, because if you don't own a big chunk of your own company... Yeah. You're not going to get there. And number three, stay curious. Always be curious. And be a good salesperson, too. You always got to be selling. This Teachable Moment brought to you courtesy of Mark Q. <laughs> Thanks so much, Mark. Anytime, man. Thanks for having me on. Coming up next, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is just around the corner. We'll have the latest on the great work that's happening with this wonderful event.